This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Happy birthday to the compact disc. The CD turns 40 years old today, Jim. Hmm, 40, eh? 40 years ago. It was August 1982. The very first CD was produced at a factory in Germany. Now, nobody knows exactly what that first CD contained, but since it was Germany, it's possible it was a recording of uh, David Hasselhoff singing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Probably was. The national anthem. We do know that the first CD that was released commercially, it came out in Japan in October of that year, 1982, and it was Billy Joel's 52nd Street featuring, I know, one of your favorite tunes by Billy Joel. My jam. Listen how crystal clear that sounds. So crisp, you can hear everything. Is that what connoisseurs are still saying? Like, I hear people say vinyl is still better. I don't believe it. You know, CDs always, to me, sound the best when you're driving in a car. I stand by CD. The sample rate is higher than what you hear on streaming services. Big time. MP3s. I think the audio quality of a compact disc to this day can't be beat. And you mentioned driving in your car, Jim. I still have I have a five-disc CD player in my car. <laughs> Well, it came with the car. My yeah. car's 11 years old. Ashtray filled with cigs. But I have, you know, my, my top five CDs in there because I know if I want to hear those songs. There's no question, songs sound the best when you hear them on the radio. Without a doubt. Big Wreck had that right. Yeah, because you don't choose it, and it's like fate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But number two is when it's on a compact disc. So I've got five CDs in my car, and if I ever feel like hearing some jams, I just flip over to the CD player and let it do its thing. (laughs) And it's still working fine? Sparks aren't shooting out of the trunk? (laughs) (laughs) The technology, it's lasers, man. It's lasers. (laughs) They don't go wrong. So actually, when CDs came out, they released, because you're like, okay, I'm not a Billy Joel fan. Why am I going to spend thousands of dollars on a CD player? When they were first released, they were around 1000 bucks just to buy a CD player. Hmm. If you wanted a deluxe player, uh, around $1,500 is hmm. what you'd be paying. To me, when I picture CD players, I, all I picture is the three to five disc CD player with the two towers on the side. Every company made them. They were like radio. They had the cassette in the front too, the CDs on the top. Like the boom box with the CD uh, d- uh, carousel. Yeah, yeah. But they all, and they always had the removable speakers on the side and every older brother slash older sister had one yeah. on a shelf in their bedroom. The carousel was a big deal. Yeah, oh, that was huge. And sometimes it'd get out of control, like 20 CDs, 50 CDs some guy would have in his basement or something like that. I haven't thrown out any of my CDs. I'm waiting for them to get their their vinyl-style renaissance. Hmm. And I have my whole collection. I actually uh, bought a 150-disc CD changer from my basement there, about four years the guy. ago. 150 discs? What does it look <laughs> like? It's just, you put them in sideways and it just <laughs> goes around and it's like a jukebox, man. Holy, holy. Except a lot smaller and the audio quality is amazing. I think you're about 10 years off. Because Before tapes, CDs make the comeback? Yeah, because I think cassettes are having their renaissance right now. Allegedly. Okay. 
I haven't seen that many people actually going after tapes and cassettes and bragging about it on social media or anything, but allegedly they're hot right now. Well, by the mid-80s, the average CD player sold for around 300 to $600, so the price came down, became accessible to everyone. Then you had the disc man come Huge. in. Huge. And who, who, who remembers going for a jog with a disc man? Trying to keep it as level as possible in your hand so the yeah. CD didn't skip. But then they had that skip feature. What was that? The anti-skip. Anti yeah. But still, if it got jostled around enough, yeah. it, it would it would skip still. Yeah. Or you're on the bus and you hit the railroad tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. CDs. They're the best. So futuristic looking. <laughs> <laughs> it is the 40th birthday of the CD. We're getting some text messages here. Uh, Matt says, the anti-skip would just kill the batteries faster. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. But, you know, bless those uh, battery, rechargeable batteries. We used to have, like, when you plug in the wall, it would charge, like, 12 at a time. So we had so many rechargeable batteries. But, yeah, it does drain them. Right. But I miss those rechargeable batteries. You got to keep that thing steady. <laughs> uh, we've got a message from Joe says, I still have all my ACDC CDs. That's cool. Uh, here's a, another text message. Taz and Jim, do you remember BMG and Columbia House? You get like 50 CDs for $10? Never made sense monetarily to me. It did to the consumer, but like how they ever made money off those? Well, because they kept sending you CDs if you didn't cancel the subscription. They'd keep sending you and you'd get charged like full price for the CDs that came after the initial purchase. Hmm. Kind of like how, how you're works? subscribing to streaming services now and they make it so hard for you to figure out how to cancel. You just say, screw it, and you keep it keeps renewing over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and the next thing you know, you spend 150 bucks after a year. But I, it wasn't me. I did have some friends in high school that I knew that signed up for about eight or ten different Columbia House accounts and got all the CDs, and they had just massive collections of CDs. It's stealing, but how? But so, what would the multiple accounts? Wouldn't they have to pay for them? Wouldn't they put a credit card down to get them? Like how did they found a way, Jim? Because well, yeah, yeah. Where I think there's it was, a will, could, there's a way. I think it was COD. Like you could send money in the mail because it was pennies, right? You could for yeah, just a penny. You just needed a penny to get some CDs there. Uh, I've got CDs in my car always. Love how David Bowie, Prince. Eddie Vedder Radiohead sound on compact disc. Still have all my CDs, says James. I got upset when I bought a new car recently and it didn't have a CD player mm. in it. Hey, Taz and Jim, who's this? Hey, Tim from Mitchell. Tim from Mitchell. What CDs do you still rock? I still have the visor mount that has all the CDs in it. <laughs> yes. In my car. <laughs> Did and you throw the cases away, or did you do you keep them in a box at home? I have no idea where the cases are anymore. Okay, give us a, give us a sample of uh, what's in the library on your car visor there. Do you remember when Much Music used to release the big shiny tunes? Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. I got one to eleven in my visor. That's it, eh? Just the yep. the full catalog of big shiny tunes. Yep. That's not a bad. That's. Uh, you know, the original playlist. You didn't get to pick which songs were on there, but by golly, if you threw a party, you put on a big shiny tunes and there was something for everyone. 
Oh, uh, it's so bad that all four of my kids know what CD I put in by what song I play. <laughs> That's hilarious. And do you agree it sounds better on compact disc? You know what? I got a vinyl collection. CD does sound better, but vinyl just has that emotional tone. Oh, don't go with the whole warmth thing. It's got a warmth. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to put a guy in a room and play him a CD and then play him a vinyl and see if he could tell the difference. Yeah. Oh, you you need to have a really good record player. Obviously, you don't have a good enough record player, Taz. Okay, well, yeah. I can get a cheap CD player, and it sounds pretty darn good. Still sounds exactly. better than the best record player. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yeah, talk to you later. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Corey Feldman. Is in the news. You know Corey Feldman. He was in The Goonies, Stand By Me, mm-hmm. The Lost Boys. He was one of the voices of one of the Ninja Turtles in the live action. <laughs> he was, yeah. Friday the 13th. He, he was, was everywhere. He was in some of the biggest movies of the 80s, early 90s. Well, after Corey Feldman kind of uh, took a little hiatus from acting, whether that was his choice or not, he got into the music industry. I don't know if you've seen his legendary performance on the Today Show, but you need to check it out. He is He's wearing all black, a hood. He has four women playing instruments behind him. Uh, four angels. Dressed as, as angels. He calls them Corey's angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Get it, get it. Oh. Hit the club. It's hard to tell if this whole thing is a joke. If it, if it is a joke... It is one of the most brilliant comedic performances I've ever seen. However, I think he's dead serious. Yeah, it's for sure not a joke. Takes his music very seriously. He's obviously, you know, he used to be buddies with Michael Jackson. I think he was a staunch Jackson defender. He's clearly trying to be like him music-wise, too. It's not close. And the dance moves are very Michael Jackson-esque, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he would have been a child TikTok star if he was born these days. Well, Corey Feldman is blaming another rocker for his music not being successful. He is saying that Marilyn Manson sabotaged him. Claims in a new interview... That when he was ready to go on tour in 2017, Marilyn Manson planted backup singers and musicians in his crew who were purposely singing off-key <laughs> and playing the wrong parts. I'm sorry, 2017? Your music career was already... Uh, I mean, I think he tried early 2000s to make his music come back. By the time 2017 rolled around, your career was done. Well, this is this is 2016 when he was on the Today Show. So but this was a pre- trying for years. This is a precursor to his big tour. Yeah, that was sabotaged by Marilyn Manson, who somehow was able to call ahead to various venues and booked. Dark bands who didn't match Corey's style to open up for him. Oh, vibe killers. And Marilyn Manson provided his tour bus and driver for Corey Feldman's tour, and the bus broke down 10 times. That is suspicious. I will be honest. If that's true, 
So if you're wondering why why Corey Feldman doesn't have a number one song on the rock charts right now, you can blame Marilyn Manson. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And we've got another celebrity sighting here. Hmm. Who was it? Uh, no, it was not Adam Sandler again in the Guelph area. This time around, it's a bunch of randos up in Muskoka, Jim. Yeah. I mean, Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, hockey player, close. But Sandler was not a part of this one. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But uh, the big celebs were Mark Wahlberg, first off, Marky Mark, followed by David Beckham, international soccer and fashion icon, and then also Ty Domi, (laughs) (laughs) who I love. He's an absolute beauty and legend, but I just didn't know he was in the same stratosphere of fame as those two guys who are legit international superstars. A-list superstars 100% around the world. Good on Domi, though. Ty Domi, for anyone who's a hockey fan, is an A-list superstar. Oh, big time. And I I wonder if that's how Wahlberg knows him. He's obviously from Boston, so Bruins versus Leafs, iconic playoff rivalry for years. I wonder if that's how he knows Ty Domi. Well, I'll tell you something. Mark Wahlberg, David Beckham, Ty Domi. I have played on a softball team with one of those men. (laughs) It was not David Beckham or Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) There's also another guy who is in this uh, famous group. I I, I don't know the name, though. Jamie Stalter, apparently. Canadian billionaire. Yeah, I looked him up. I didn't I didn't recognize the name initially but he's done very well for himself. He owns something called ABG Authentic Brands Group and they they bought some brands like Reebok, Forever 21, Aeropostel, Tap Out and they've just been amassing all these brands that they uh that they market across the world and they also own the likeness rights or estates of celebrities, including Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, and Marilyn Monroe. And soon to be David Beckham. And soon to be Ty <laughs> Domi. Yeah. You know, he's greasing the wheels for the future rights of those uh, superstars, for sure. That's right. It's like I got a buddy who uh, who runs a funeral home, and I always used to wonder, why does he golf with such old men? Yeah, I know, and he always asks, how you feeling? <laughs> Have another drink. You guys yeah. want some cigars? <laughs> Cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't put on sunscreen. So th- this this uh, this Jamie guy has done pretty well for himself. Mm. I'm I, jealous. I want to hang with this crew. I know. It sounds like fun up at the cottage with the boys. Yeah. And like even Victoria Beckham's up there, eh? Posh Spice is posting like on Instagram uh, certain notable spots in the Muskoka area playing tennis and such. So she's up there. So it's the families. Yeah. Whole family vacation in Muskoka. Uh, Marky Mark was spotted at the gym, at the F45 gym in Collingwood this week. Hmm. So he, he went in for a workout. Would you? I would never believe that was Mark Wahlberg. You know what I mean? Maybe I would take a picture and be like, oh my God, Taz, look how much this guy looks like Mark Wahlberg. But I would never assume it was Mark Wahlberg. And I would hope that he saw you taking that picture and then confronted you yeah. about it. And then took a picture of me and said, why is Macaulay Culkin in Collingwood? 
Hey, look, Ellen DeGeneres is in Collingwood. Yeah. No. Hey, you want to collab? <laughs> I'm Jim from the radio. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Yesterday we were talking about a landlord in Tilsonburg who's dealing with some nightmare ten- tenants, allegedly. They won't move out. They won't pay him. And he's running out of options. He's sleeping on his real estate agent's couch right now. Yeah, uh, we posted the story on our Facebook page. And I was surprised to see just uh, people taking it out on landlords here. Were you surprised? People hate landlords. I Oh, yeah, for sure. Even when I posted the mo- the story on Facebook, I was like, how do I word this when I post it here? Because I knew it was going to stir the pot a little bit. The, the last three or four years especially, the hate for landlords has ramped up. Zach writes... Problems to be avoided by not hoarding property and getting a real job. If you're a landlord and mad at me, you wouldn't be if you're at your job and not playing on Facebook while ransoming property back to the working class. (laughs) Strong words. (laughs) Now, mind you, this is the only property this guy owns. This was basically a subletting situation in Tilsonburg where he went on a cruise and he was working on that for almost a year, came back to his only property. Wanted to move back into his house. Yeah, and tenants were being very troublesome. So this isn't somebody who's a professional landlord. Yeah, but, okay, so Zach's reasoning here is if you're a landlord, you deserve to have your property damaged by your tenants? Yeah, I don't know. Does that not kind of sound like the attitude? Derek writes, oh, won't somebody please think of the landlords? There's another one here. Um, uh, Kira says, "My issue with all of this landlord, or with all of this, is that the landlord shouldn't have rented out the property if he couldn't maintain payment on his own without their help. You shouldn't rely on someone else." Then there's an, the issue of calling out the tenants who haven't had a chance to even speak out yet. We've only heard one side of the story. Now, that is true, but allegedly the tenant is on the Talk Tilsonberg Facebook page talking smack and digging their own hole, and they're digging their <laughs> own grave here. So they don't seem like an upstanding citizen either, obviously. But uh, what kind of logic is that? You shouldn't rent out your property if you can't maintain it on your... That's the whole reason you rent out a property. Yeah. All landlords are exploitation. They don't produce anything. They just refuse to allow other people to purchase. And I do understand how frustrated you must be if you're trying to get into the housing market because there are a lot. And maybe there are some restrictions that should be placed on uh, buying houses to rent them out. Certainly if you don't live in Canada. Yeah. Would be an easy regulation. there's, There's a lot of companies, there's publicly traded companies that all they do is buy house after house after house. BlackRock, that's one of them. And they yeah. they turn uh, what could be uh, owner uh, residences into, into rentals. So yeah, I, I do get the frustration on that part. But as you said, in this case, this guy, he just went away, he subletted his house while he was on Working on a cruise ship, he came back and the people won't leave. Mind you, landlords do provide a service in the living uh, um, ecosystem. Like often a landlord will buy a place that's falling apart, fix it up, rent it out at a reasonable price to somebody who can't afford a down payment on their own home. And that keeps the house updated and keeps the neighborhood nice. It it serves a purpose, not only just for them to make money. It keeps houses being in tip-top shape generally. There are people who would like to rent as opposed to buy. 
Yes. There is a market for it, obviously. Jessica says, we have seen the same sort of thing. Our last tenant before we sold left the place in such a disgusting mess that my husband wouldn't even let me see it. (laughs) And we had to help the guy move out. We rented his U-Haul and everything. We just wanted him gone. Mm. My brother-in-law let it slip that this guy was smoking in the corner of the condo and ashing his cigarettes on the ground. There was a huge pile of ashes and burns in the floor. We had to put thousands and thousands of dollars into the place just to be able to sell it. It was heartbreaking because it was once our home. Yes, there's a lot of bad landlords, but there's also a lot of bad tenants, Mm -hmm. which is true. Yeah, one doesn't make you virtuous and the other one doesn't make you evil. Yeah, just because you're you're renting, it doesn't. I, I expect someone who rents a place not to take care of the apartment or the house the same way as if they owned it. I understand that you're going to have a little more pride of ownership, a little more uh, motivation to take care of a place if you own it. But do you sit in the corner smoking darts yeah. and ashing them out on the carpet? You should still respect <laughs> yourself as a human. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. not the property, but you should still try to live like a normal human being. What are your thoughts? Conversation continues on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. Only. Ohio. Yeah, some pretty interesting stuff happens. Across a lake in Ohio. And a story out of Sandusky here. A couple has been charged with public indecency for having sex on an amusement park ride at Cedar Point. You ever been to Cedar Point, Jim? No. I used to see the commercials on American television all the time. I always wanted to go. Yeah, it looked awesome. But no, never went. I don't even know if I know anybody that has been there. We got we to gotta make a point of going to Cedar Point. <laughs> Bucket list, man. Uh, But behave yourself if you're there because a 32-year-old man and a 32-year-old woman were observed having sexual intercourse on a ride called the Giant Wheel. You pulled up a picture of it there? What's it look like? Oh, it's just a Ferris wheel. I mean, it's pretty big. I don't know if I'd call it giant, but it's pretty big. Is it got enclosed? It's kind of got like those, it's got the roof on it. You know what I mean? Like the the individual um, Almost like a big plastic umbrella. So you have your own square, your own car. Okay. If it was a roller coaster, I mean, this would be a lot more impressive. True. (laughs) First, how did you get the buckles off? (laughs) (laughs) If it was an an upside down roller coaster, (laughs) that would be something. So it's just a, a giant Ferris wheel, basically. Uh, They were witnessed by a group of women and two juveniles, which isn't good, uh, in the act. And originally, according to the Sandusky, Ohio Police Department, the woman denied having sex with the man on the ride. She said that she had shorts on under her dress. And what happened was she just dropped her cigarette pack out of her shorts. So that's why she bent over to pick them up. Yeah. And her partner was just helping her out. Yeah. She couldn't quite reach it. So he was pushing her from behind (laughs) rhythmically so she could reach and grab it. Let me give you a little help picking up your darts. (laughs) I mean, it is Ohio. The, The cigarette pack falling on the ground sounds plausible anywhere yeah and sometimes uh, after you're done having a good time sometimes you want one of those witnesses maintained the couple was doing it inside the cart 
They noted it was shaking back and forth, and mm. they could see both the man and woman moving back and forth. Mm. They knew what they were watching, and the couple saw that they were watching. They laughed and continued their behavior. They, they liked it. They're... Get on, exhibitionists got off on the voyeur aspect of it save it for the tunnel of love i say officers say eventually after a stern interrogation the couple admitted to having sex on the ride they were both transported to jail wow not worth it only ohio are you brave enough to let me see your peacock Time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. Major League Baseball wants to nip something in the bud. They have handed down a suspension, Dev. Yeah, Rodolfo Castro had a uh, clip that went viral a couple of days ago. He slid into third base, and as he did, his cell phone popped out of his back pocket. He didn't even know it at the time. Uh, the umpire at third base was had his kind of a smile on his face, just tapped him on the shoulder and pointed down, and he sheepishly had to go pick up his phone. He has now been suspended one game because you are not allowed to have your cell phone on the field. What teams he play for again? Plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates, that's right. The cell phone guy. We were talking about that when it happened. We we said, we're like, are you allowed to have your cell phone on you? Like, you'd think at least the team would have a rule against it, but apparently the league has a rule against that behavior. And with all the stuff about cheating in baseball and them trying to, to dissuade teams from using methods of communicating with each other, you'd think cell phones wouldn't be allowed anywhere near the dugout. No, I mean, at first I thought, well, what's the harm? But when you think about it, someone could very easily just take a picture, they could send video, and they could just text it to you on the dugout. So it could very absolutely, uh, definitely be used for cheating. Now, Castro's batting two thirty nine, So I'm going to go on a limb and say he's not cheating, but still. (laughs) I bet he was (laughs) in the locker room sliding into DMs, (laughs) and then he (laughs) slid into third, forgot he had it in his pocket. (laughs) That's a big phone. Especially when it's in, like, he's wearing tight pants. It's in his back pocket. Who, like, how are you sitting down with this thing? Like, I mean, <laughs> the, who, who sits with their phone in their back pocket? Doesn't it break? Uh, I do sometimes. I accidentally mix up the wallet and the phone, and sometimes I sit it. But then you, sometimes you sit in your car and you forget. And well, you, it's you, dangerous. It, if you're sitting on a hard bench with yeah. a cell phone in your back pocket, you got to have a really good case. When your glutes are that hard, though, too, it's rock on rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. It just shows how addicted as a society we are to cell phones when a Major League Baseball player can't even stay away from his phone during a baseball game. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I got a little emotional when I saw this headline. Robert Munch tells his stories one last time. There was an event in Guelph in Riverside Park uh, this past Saturday, and Robert Munch got up there and said, this is the last time I'm going to tell stories. Hmm. He uh, is suffering from dementia, and it's, it's starting to... Um, affect his ability to share the stories and he got up on stage and shared the paper bag princess and love you forever Hmm. you know that one jim 
You know, love you forever. Yeah, I love I, you for always. Pretty sure I read all of them when I was a kid. I don't have them memorized or anything, but yeah, I remember it. That one, Mortimer, be quiet. Love it. Yeah, that was my favorite when I was a kid. I love the. I don't forget what it's called. It's like forty below or something like that. Like the <laughs> kid's got to put the snowsuit on. Yeah, there was also have the that one, one friend that was like that had the. I just remember like had the big hairy leg. Like there was a girl who kept on trying to. Oh, I forget which one that was, but there was like the big hairy leg that would come into the scene. I don't know. I saw him read books live when I was a kid. I think maybe it was at like an international plowing match or something, and he was one of the special guests. But he was an incredible storyteller, not only just as a writer, but like he was so animated when he was reading. And I always thought authors were kind of like book shy, you know what I mean? Like shy kind of people. Yeah. And then I saw Robert Munch and he was like an absolute performer. Oh, captivating. Yeah. I, I saw him when I was a kid. This is the cool thing, man. Like there's a decade between you and I and both of us were hearing the same stories told by the same man mm-hmm. and they were a big part of our childhoods just as many Canadians, many people around the world uh, revere those books and, and have them ingrained in who they are and i know my kids i read love you forever to both my kids and i'm almost crying every time i do by the end of the book (laughs) when the son sneaks into the mother's apartment to hold her and rock her back and forth and i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) okay okay relax (laughs) no it is it's such a beautiful story and there was so many of them that this man put out into the world so uh special uh, day for anyone who was in attendance in Guelph, which is where Robert Munch calls home uh, on Saturday to hear him tell his stories one last time. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. So on the weekend, I don't know if you heard about this uh, this chaos in Peterborough, Ontario, Jim. I'd heard rumblings about this, yeah. There is a woman who calls herself the Queen of Canada, and she's a uh, QAnon figure, and she organized... Uh, a, a siege of the police station, basically, in Peterborough, wanted her QAnon friends to show up so they could all arrest the police for their role in the the COVID-19 vaccines. And they showed up at the Peterborough police station. Things didn't end up going well for them. <laughs> As they tried to citizens arrest the police officers mm-hmm. that they were met with. Um, so they retreated. Few of them were arrested after hitting police officers, which I don't know, a great idea, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they, they pulled back and it looks like this round was won by the police. Hmm. This Queen of Canada, she refuses to acknowledge that uh, the government of Canada is legitimate and uh, she's trying to do her own thing here. And it didn't work out this time. I like that she thinks Peterborough is the epicenter of the corruption. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got to go to the heart of it. Yeah, Peterborough, Peterborough, Ontario. (laughs) We're taking it all the way to the top. We're taking it to Peterborough. Uh, so across the street from the police station, there's a house and (laughs) there's some footage of two guys sitting on the porch of this house. They're crushing Budweiser's, couple empty bottles next to them on the table. They got the ashtray out, smoking some darts, drinking some Budweiser's. (laughs) And they were asked what they thought when the dust settled after the, uh, the Queen of Canada's supporters 
pulled back, and this is what they had to say. Where is the queen? Where? Ha what happened to her security as soon as the shit went down? They, just, they disappeared like snowflakes on a summer fucking day. What a and the whole thing's a joke. <laughs> I just love these two dudes. It's a Saturday afternoon sitting there having beers yeah. and watching a brawl at the police station across the street. Absolute chaos. The, they're like the Canadian version of the two Muppets in the in the uh, yeah, whatever they call the viewing booth. They disappeared like a couple of snowflakes on a hot summer's day. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the mayor of Peterborough. Obviously, media has been reaching out asking for a comment from the Peterborough mayor. Her name's uh, Diane Terrian, and she finally let her thoughts be known on social media, posted this on Twitter. People have been asking me to comment on the events of the past weekend in Peterborough. I hate giving airtime slash spotlight to these imbeciles. Here's my comment. F off, you F wads. <laughs> right to the point. F off, you F wads. There's her campaign slogan. <laughs> Next time she runs for mayor, people commenting, wow, can she be my mayor? Can she come be the mayor of my city? <laughs> we got we some F wads here. Can we make Diane the prime minister of the country? <laughs> F off, you F wads. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. I'm a little groggy this morning. One yeah. of those... Wake-ups where you're just in a complete panic. You see the, the time on the alarm clock. You're like, what? What happened? Did you not set your alarm? I think I, maybe I just kept uh, sleep hitting the snooze button. Mm -hmm. The arm just automatically flies over and smacks it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've done that too. And you're, and you're doing it so quick because you're sleeping next to your significant other too. And you're trying to like, it's both you're tired and then you're trying to keep it quiet. And then sometimes you hit yeah. it too often, too many times, not looking at it closely enough. And I saw the time. It was almost 5.10. Show starts at 5.30. <laughs> I sat up in bed. I'm like, well, I hope Jim doesn't mind. I'm not taking a shower this morning. Oh, yeah, I can't smell yet. But it is funny when you don't wake up on your plan time. It's like your body is out of sync or out of rhythm or something like that, you yeah. know? I barely had time to have a bowl of Snoop Loops before I headed out the door. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> so funny. You've seen that, eh? Snoop Dogg's oh, got a yeah. new cereal out. I mean, how has it taken this long, really? <laughs> Snoop Loops. If there is one guy who has, has come back from being accused of murdering a guy better than Snoop Dogg, I don't know who it is. Yeah, can you name another... Uh, breakfast cereal mascot who's bragged about killing police. Tony the Tiger? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's Count. a children's cereal. It's got a cartoon <laughs> little dog, little doggy dog on the, uh, the box. Jack White was congratulating Snoop on social media on his new breakfast cereal. <laughs> which apparently is raising money for charity, so that's a good thing, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, that is good. And there's a difference between being a, a convicted murderer and an accused murderer, I sure, guess. Sure, and just singing about something. <laughs> when you're choosing your breakfast cereal, make <laughs> sure you're only buying the cereal that was created by accused murderers. 